0: Hey everybody, good evening, this is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me. It is Saturday, December 19th, and I usually don't record, but I figured today would be a good day to do so. It's uh, episode 64. My nephew reached out to me, and it's hard when I say nephew, because I usually don't say that. In fact, he just calls me Matt, which is great, it means he's growing up. And my aunt, if I call her anything but Aunt Sherry, she'll knock me just right in the kisser. So I guess that didn't transfer to him because he just calls me Matt, and that's fine. I guess Uncle Matt's a little weird, and I don't call him Nephew Randy, but I will tell you I've watched him from afar, and he is going to go places. His father and mother are two amazing people who I adore. Um, And he is just a smart kid, conservative mind, um, academically fantastic, Um, just one state in football. I think he got a ride to college and, and he has an amazing work ethic and I think he's clerking or something with a, with some sort of government official. It doesn't matter that he's going to be an astronaut or something. I think he's going to the moon tomorrow. I, I don't know. The, the point is, is the kid knows his stuff and he reached out and I figured I would answer his question and, and it honors me that he would reach out to me of all people considering how smart his, his family is, but I will do my best to answer his question. But first, I kind of want to tell you a little joke. There's this farmer. Oh, what are we talking about tonight? We're going to talk about social justice. And Randy wanted me to talk a little bit about virtue signaling. And that's what I call it. He asked me, why do people do this? And I'll put up the question. I'll explain what it is. But we're going to talk a little bit about that. So speaking of virtues, there is a farmer. And that farmer has three beautiful daughters. And those daughters essentially are the only virtue that the man possesses. And there was going to be three boys picking up his daughters for a date. And the first boy knocks at the door. And the farmer answers. He goes, hi, my name's Joe. I'm looking for Flo. We're going to the show. Is she ready to go? And the farmer goes, yes. And Flo comes downstairs and goes with the boy. And they go to the show. About 10 minutes later, another knock happens at the door. Man, farmer comes up and opens the door and he says, Hi, my name's Eddie. I'm here for Betty. We're going to go eat spaghetti. Is she ready? The farmer goes, Yes, she is. And she comes down the stairs and there goes Betty. And the next boy comes up about 10 minutes later and he knocks on the door and uh, gently you hear it again. The farmer opens the door and goes, Yes. And the boy goes, Hi, my name's Tucker. And before the boy could say anything else, he grabs him by the throat, takes him out back and shoots him in the face. I truly hope that I did not muck that up with the audio, but if I did, you've all heard the song before, and you can always watch a previous episode to get it right, or maybe I'll just dub it. That was Still Point. Good band and friends of the show. My name is Matt, everybody. Thank you. I've noticed that we have hit 700 likes, and I am extremely happy about that. That that only happens once, folks, unless a whole bunch of people decide to unlike us. 800 follows, 700 likes. That's not too bad considering that Facebook put us in advertising jail. And uh, thank you so much for liking, following, sharing, subscribing, doing all those things. And you uh, can do it again. You can go to our Instagram. You can go to YouTube. Go to iTunes. Just about everywhere. Overcast. Don'tunfriendme.com. Wherever you want to go, we're there. Like, share, and subscribe if you would not mind. I would appreciate it greatly. So let's get into it tonight. I received this from this is going to go bad. Look what I did. Look what I, Oh, I I don't have any porn on here. Oh, look at this. Look, look, Oh, look at this. 33 pictures. Folks. This is awesome. I've got to save it. Can you believe the work that I do? Look at all the work that I do. Look at all this. This is incredible. I do a lot folks. I'm a busy man. I mean, there's don't unfriend me stuff on there. There's work stuff on there. It's uh it takes a lot. What a computer that it can handle literally almost a gig of photos and screenshots and not lock up. Pretty neat. Anyway, how about we just try a single image? That's better. Much better. Don't you love glitches? That was a happy glitch though. Look at me, I'm calm. My blood pressure, this show's good for me. It's helping. Anyway, so I get this note from Randy. By the way, for people on a podcast, I drag 33 screenshots into my image because I forgot to upload it during the previous uh, pause in the show. And this is what happens when you don't have a sound or visual person and you have to do it all yourself. This job isn't easy, folks. I would appreciate just a little bit of compassion and understanding. And if you don't have any left, I can understand with COVID going on. But just give me a little bit of love. Somebody posted Daily Mail USA, go figure, San Francisco to rename Abraham Lincoln High School because former president did not demonstrate that black lives mattered to him. So Randy says, hey, Matt, been loving all your podcasts, um, but I was hoping you could discuss this for me. I'm confused why a school would do this. Well, Randy, this is a good question. Why would a school do this? And here's the thing that I will tell you, is there is a long history of this, and it's great that you have seen it, and I bring that to your upbringing, is you were raised a certain way that, you know, you're aware of things and you're cognitive about stuff like that, and cognitive dissonance isn't good at all, and being socially unaware of what your surroundings are is also not good, but I think you realize that each person makes their way in the world based upon their ability and their trials and tribulations. And really, it's nobody holding you back but yourself. But unfortunately, this takes years upon years to learn. And some people unlock it quickly. I wasn't one of them. I don't think I really truly moved this way in my career to about 35 years old. And certainly in my marriage, it took at least 10 years to see it. And you're well ahead of me. You, you're, you're doing very well in life. But the thing that I'll tell you is that Sometimes people don't have a lot to hold on to, and because they don't have a lot to hold on to, sometimes it's they may not have a great family, they may not have the love of their life, they may have read a book, and that can do damage to people sometimes. Uh, The first book that you truly immerse yourself in and cause you get into usually becomes a cause that you care about for quite some time. But what happens is that we inundate people with causes and truly people do not get to get their PhD or master's in a topic anymore. And what happens is knee-jerk reactions or talking points have replaced study and experience. And people tend to get these talking points from one source 30 seconds at a time. And they are told what to think before they have a chance to process themselves. And when you do that, you have a few things that happen. The things that systemic racism, white privilege, implicit bias, unconscious bias, all of these terminologies really truly are doing those things because they're painting everybody with the same brush. And that is a stereotype and a prejudice, which is exactly what those four philosophies are. And they're all social movements. And it's kind of an oxymoron. It's very similar to the people who say freedom of speech, but you can't say that. It doesn't work. It's also similar to unconscious bias, as I made the joke, is if you're unconscious about it, how are you supposed to be conscientious of your bias? And if you're blind, how can you see? And if you're deaf, how can you hear? And if you are dumb, how can you be smart? So that's the very high level of why, but it doesn't really answer your question. It explains why people are oftentimes completely wrong in their endeavors and really don't know what they're fighting for. But let's talk about a few examples. Kony 2012, a movie, which has been really popular. But back when we had Facebook and MySpace still, uh, Kony came around. And this was a, this is a long story, but basically Joseph uh, Connie Kony, excuse me, they said that he was in Uganda, that he was taking children, he was bringing them in the army, he was sexually abusing them, he was raising them to be warriors. And all of this is true. But this cause and this social movement stirred up and started with celebrities. And, and ultimately, it was get Kony. And they challenged the U.S. government to find him and go after him. But here's a couple things that are interesting. Joseph Kony is not in Uganda and hasn't been for six years. The LRA now numbers at most in the hundreds, and while it is still causing immense suffering, it is unclear how millions of well-meaning but misinformed people are going to help deal with the more complicated reality in another country. It makes the following points. The LRA is not in Uganda, but now operates in the DRC, South Sudan, and Central African Republic. In October last year, Obama authorized the deployment of 100 U.S. Army advisors. This was back in 2015. To help the Uganda military track down Kony with no results disclosed to date. The LRA is much smaller than previously thought. It does not have 30,000 or 60,000 child soldiers. The figure of 30,000 refers to the total number of children abducted by the LRA over 30 years. Now, does this mean that this isn't wrong? No, it doesn't mean that. But this has raised millions upon millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of people got involved in this and made this a big deal and made this almost to be something that was talked about on social media for almost, I would say, about six to nine months. And then a documentary was made about this. And this has been a huge talking point for quite a while. But when we find out, it's been exasperated. exasperbated, exasperbated. But a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. I can't say that word. It's not exasperated. Exasperated is showing frustration. Exacerbated. Exacerbated. There we go. And it's been completely just twisted to something that it's not. Now, it's still horrible. And yes, Coney should die a miserable death. But it deserved that attention, truly. Did it deserve millions of people talking about it for almost a decade? Probably not. But this is what happens to these social justice movements. Now, there are plenty of things that social justice is good for. Slavery needs to be abolished. Child trafficking needs to be abolished. These are two things right there. Child labor. Something that needs to be abolished. Child abuse needs to be abolished. The, equal rights. But then they throw in other things like the pay gap and stuff to that effect, which doesn't necessarily mean anything because there's no facts to back it up. And if there are facts to back it up, it can be disproven simply by choices that we make between men and women. More women stay home than men to have children. And that's good because men can't have kids the last time I checked, but we're working on it because we want to have equality. Also, women don't tend to go into the more blue-collar fields that pay lucratively. They also work more hours than women, and that is the truth. Not all, and I'm not saying all women because that would be sexist, but predominantly on the average, men work more than women, anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a work week. Why? Because women have the ability to say, I'm going home to my family, and men sometimes are weak-hearted when it comes to their business and put their jobs first. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. What I'm saying is the pay gap can explain when you major in things like social causes or underwater basket weaving, your options are a lot different than somebody who majors in engineering or science or, 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 or. So, there are social justice causes that are absolutely beneficial and everyone should get behind, and these are usually the inalienable rights causes. But the other ones are interesting. Michael Bourne is a great example. This man can make a movie about anything. Ron Silva, who is actually a Republican, said something very interesting. He was talking about Michael Moore with an interview that he was doing. And Ron uh, Silva, the person said, so what do you think about Michael Moore? And he goes, listen, I'll tell you one thing. I can make Michael Moore look like an anorexic conservative who is at the RNC who is about to vote for Trump, basically, with enough sound bites and clips and cut it any way that I want and splice it any way I want. Well, that's what Michael Moore does. All of his movies. We have had many people come out from his shows after their NDAs were signed and simply said, that's not what I said. That's not what I did. The best example is in Columbine, when he goes into Charlton Heston's home and ambushes a man who is senile. Another one is when he goes to the bank to go ahead and get the free gun when he opens an account. But the guns weren't there. They weren't in a safe. They weren't at the bank. They had to be special ordered and an armed guard brought them in for distribution to people. And yes, giving out hunting rifles is still a thing that banks do. They also give out toasters. That doesn't mean they're in bed with the bread companies. The problem with Michael Moore is that he sees things that aren't there. And when they're not there, he makes them appear. And that is his problem. He is not a filmmaker. He is not a social justice warrior. He is a propagandist. And he's also a POS. Because I happen to understand Columbine fairly well and the Aurora shooting. And let me tell you, the victims of that didn't see a dime from his movie. And his movies have raised millions upon millions. The man doesn't care about his victims. He only cares about the money. And for a socialist non-capitalist, he's awfully capitalistic. But we saw this with Bowling for Columbine, when parallels were made between the neglect from parents and Western movies somehow made us more aggressive than other countries. But you can say that other countries who have no guns still have some of the highest stabbings on the planet, or the most attacks with a hammer. And yes, if we put guns in their hands, it would be equivalent to our percentage of death by guns. And there's no doubt America leads that per capita. But we also have more inequality when we promise quality when it comes to financially and economics. We have cities that are bred for the poor and they are kept there under the thumb of democratic law. And unfortunately, the only way that they can move forward is through crime. And if you look at the major gun crimes in the world and you look at the ones in the United States, most of those are for suicide, about 40,000 of them. And trust me, if we didn't have guns, they would find a knife, they would find a bridge, they would jump in front of a train because there's sick people in the world. And America has done one thing. It's not guns. We have failed the mental health institutions, and we no longer have them to store the people who truly need help. And if Michael Moore wants to make that connection, maybe we would get somewhere. But he doesn't because it doesn't sell movie tickets. The Ice Bucket Challenge and ALS a worthy cause, and they wound up raising $100 million, but they were honestly on par to raise that anyway because of the celebrity donations that started this. Very few people actually donated, about 10% people. What they started to do was realize that they could get more likes and media shares, so they did the ice bucket challenge. They dumped water all over their kids full of ice, and they came up with unique and clever ways to do it, and it made them feel good, but truly it didn't do anything for ALS, and ultimately nobody learned anything about it. And that was the problem, because the people who donated already knew it was horrible and destructive and had family members who suffered through it or knew somebody who was. Or celebrities went ahead and educated people, and people followed them on social media and decided to donate. And that's great. It was a fantastic cause. But was this a ripping success? Where millions of people dumped water on their head? No. But everyone did it, and anyone who opposed it was ridiculed as not participating. And we shamed them as we tagged three people to do it as well— And if you didn't do it, people said you didn't support the cause, when truly all you did was not help them get more likes and shares. Now, am I saying ALS doesn't need to be uh, somehow cured, or we don't need to put money towards it, or we don't need to be aware of it? No, I didn't say that. What I said was, when we have these social justice causes, we pretend that they do more than they actually do. And most of the time, they do nothing. An example of that is Occupy Wall Street. What came of Occupy Wall Street? when thousands of people came, who didn't have jobs to begin with came and sat down for months at a time in the middle of Wall Street. The same thing happened with the sit-ins that just recently happened after George Floyd in Oregon and Washington and Chicago. They didn't do anything, and the reason why is because these causes are leaderless, and they're usually not done by the people who truly need the help. You see and hear Black Lives Matter marching, and they were, but the media doesn't cover that. Why are they covering all the white people who are breaking windows and yelling at people in restaurants and setting things on fire? Well, because those are the people who are the social justice warriors who have no cause to fight for. They just want to see anarchy, and that's what they believe in. And there are tens and thousands of them, but that's not the majority. The true story are the millions of black protesters who didn't throw any rocks and help defend police officers, but you're not seeing that on Fox News, and you certainly aren't seeing the latter on CNN, because it doesn't help the narrative. And Randy, that's what I was alluding to earlier, is that people are brainwashed with these 30-second clips to think that Occupy Wall Street is the next revolution or the next Tea Party, or that they're a bunch of terrorists when they are neither, They are just jobless people who have no identity and have nothing to do with their time. And that is a dangerous combination. Here's another one. This is a virtue signal where someone holds up a sign and it says Muslim is American. Actually, no, Muslim is not American. And either is Christianity as American. That statement is not correct either. In fact, America separates church and state for a reason. And although our money says in God we trust, and there are several references in the articles in the Constitution to religion, we aren't identified by one religion. So Muslim, although a religion, also has some flaws, as does Christianity. We need to understand that religion doesn't define who we are. We are a people. And the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, those are the things that identify us as America. But this is a virtue signal. This is a topic that people can trigger and get behind and go, yes, Muslim is American. When truly in their head, they're thinking Muslims are American. And yes, that's correct. Muslims are American. But Muslim is not American. It's very important we understand the difference. But that's what happens. It's nuance. It's subtle changes in the way things are said. And this is a trigger and this gets people out there. And the funny thing is is do you recognize that not one person in there is Muslim? That's right. None at all. I don't see anyone. And that's the problem with these things is it's usually people who don't understand it and they get fired up because they're waiting for the next ALS challenge. They're waiting for the next plank or the Harlem shake and they will get behind anything as long as it rocks and shakes the boat. One of the last examples I have before I dive into your question specifically is taking a knee. Now, I have a video which I will link up in the top corner (laughs) top corner in a minute where you can actually watch this Randy may have seen it but it talks about taking a knee and I will tell you this this is a virtue signal but to these players it was important to them and they are the players who were impacted and affected by this no matter how much of a hypocrite I find Mr. Kaepernick to be I understand why he's taking a knee and I don't have a problem with it so to speak and I said that on my video I wish he would have done it a different way But the problem that I do have is what follows are people who have absolutely no idea why they're kneeling, and they decide to only put one black man in the front of a predominantly white group so it looks valid, wearing African garb as they take a knee for a photo opportunity. This is virtue signaling. It does no good, and in fact, it irritates people. The problem with what you're talking about right now is that this school was named after Abraham Lincoln for a reason. It wasn't because he was a racist or it wasn't because he freed slaves. It's because he was a president and education is important and he's considered to be one of the best presidents we've had by a lot of people. And we understand that during the times there were things that happened. And was Lincoln a racist? Well, yes, in today's terms, he would have been a racist. He didn't necessarily support um segregating African-Americans or Haitians or anyone else into society. And he actually indemnified them quite a bit. But we also have to look at freeing slaves was extremely costly. And it was costly to the South, who did not keep up with the industrial revolution that was taking place with the growth of the major cities. And they were stuck in the times. And it cost the South and the North a lot of money, billions, actually which a lot of people can't fathom because it was during the Civil War. Billions of dollars was spent on that war and freeing slaves. It was very expensive. It wasn't politically opportunistic for Abraham Lincoln to free the slaves. but what And a lot of people said that he did it in order to cripple the South. I think that has something to do with it. But ultimately, what it had to do with is that you had an uprising that was going to happen. That if we did not do this, and if we did not grow as a people, and we did not sell selling humans as slaves, the highest bidder ultimately would take over. And that is bad for a government. It's bad for a government, which Constitution says that somebody is two-thirds of a person. We matured, we grew, and realized that slavery needed to end, and the South was predominantly doing it, which was full of Democrats, by the way, but we don't need to go there. The thing about this implicit bias that I mentioned earlier is people want a cause. So what do they do? When one statue is torn down, they don't look at that statue and say, it's Robert E. Lee. He was a Confederate general. He lost predominantly robert e lee i wasn't a racist any more than abraham lincoln was or grant was or or anyone else the problem is is the times that it was in and where we were and where we were socially And the problem with that is that you've got a a group of people who feel exactly the way you do and nobody challenging your thinking. That is why Frederick Douglass was amazing as he challenged people's thinking and he helped them understand what this was doing to a generation of African-Americans, then just Africans who were living in America. But this bias that we're talking about is that people see one statue go down and then makes the judgment that all statues need to come down. You see, they don't teach about Abraham Lincoln in schools anymore. They don't teach about George Washington. They go ahead and cover up what the history truly is. And in 2002, an article was written that Abraham Lincoln was a racist. And ever since then, it's been adopted because one person had an opinion and wrote a book on it. And I will tell you that is the biggest mistake that we make as a people is taking one opinion because it's the loudest. And unfortunately, that is why we have implicit bias. And we also have stories like white privilege and the pay gap and gender inequality, etc., etc. Why did they change the name? Well, because you live in a state that happens to be extremely progressive, Randy. It never used to be that way. It was predominantly Republican. When I was there and I grew up there, And before you were born, it had a very strong balance of Republicans and blue-collar Democrats. And California was a thriving and booming city. And it has grown people over the last... 60, 70 years, every single year since its it's conception, it's grown in population. This will be one of the first times since 1990 that it hasn't. They've lost 175,000 people who have moved out because of government Newsom's COVID restrictions, taxes, and infrastructure. They're renaming the school because it makes them uncomfortable. That is the short answer. It challenges their whiteness and their white guilt. You see, there's some people who believe that they need to apologize to every black person they see and create some sort of attrition process where they go ahead and absolve their white guilt. The problem is, is that I have white guilt too. I'm upset that when I see a black man in the city, that I step in front of my family a little bit. I feel bad that when I see somebody who's using language that's inappropriate or listening to rap music it's cussing, that I tend to have a stereotype that that person's a gang member. See, that is implicit bias. That is unconscious bias, but I'm aware of it. And I've grown up not to think that way anymore. Now, I look at everybody that way. If somebody's crossing the street that sets off my alarm bell, I step in front of my family, and that's natural. It's not because they're black. It's not because they're a gang member. It's because it's something foreign, and I don't understand it. And this is exactly why they want to ban Lincoln, because it's something foreign, and they don't understand it. This will continue. And it will continue until people like you and your generation help educate. So Randy, the best thing I can give you, the best advice I can give you is you're going to be going to college soon. And when you do, I would challenge you to stick to your beliefs. You're going to hear things from professors that are going to challenge your mind. And I know that you're a Raymond. And I also know that you've been around spears. And we are a very stubborn people. And I have no doubt that these professors are going to be able to change your opinion. But I would ask you to open your mind up. Allow some things that are liberal to come in. Because it's not a horrible idea on a few things. But when it comes to progressive and socialist policies, I implore you to please not buy into the trope. It is a lie and it is one of the worst things you could possibly do for America. A hundred million people died around the world because of socialism and communism and things like this and oppression and rewriting of history. The pharaohs did this to the slaves. They did not allow them to read or write or hold anything of an education so they couldn't form plans or document history so they could learn from it. These are things that are happening today on a much smaller scale, but they're happening behind the scenes at a much larger scale. Our college institutions are creating these problems and creating these microcosms and pockets of resistance and revolutions where people think that tearing down a statue will change anything when it doesn't. The only thing that will change it, Randy, is to do what you did and reach out and ask a question and say the words, I don't know, but I'm willing to learn. Thank you so much, Randy. I appreciate your question. It was a fun episode, and I thank you for doing that. Veteran Focus tonight is an interesting story. I want to talk a little bit about a hero. December 23, 1944, an entire U.S. armored division was retreating from the Germans in the Ardennes' forest when a sergeant and a tank destroyer from the 7th armored division spotted an American soldier digging a foxhole. Private Martin 325 glider infantry regiment looked up and asked are you looking for a safe place yeah answered the tanker well buddy he drawled just pull your vehicle behind me I'm the 82nd airborne and this is as far as these bastards are going the paratrooper PFC Vernon Hout who was with Martin of the 325 glider infantry regiment marching in the cold snowy winter with a rucksack on his back towards the front. They were a different breed. They were a different people. And Randy, just a nod. We don't have enough of them anymore. Be this man. Don't be the person who wants to rename Abraham Lincoln High School, I believe it was. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. I sure do appreciate you. If you like this show and you want to hear some more, subscribe, like, follow, share, do that. It keeps the lights on and it stops God from killing a pumpy, which is really, really important. And not just a pumpy, but a puppy which is a different form of canine. Veteran crisis line 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. 23 to 25 during the holidays. It's too many. It's hard to talk to veterans. They are stubborn and they don't necessarily want to open up. Give me a call and I will help. Or you can go to don'tunfriendme.com and you can reach out on our VCL uh, hotline, and it will connect you to Skype immediately and free. And if you are not a veteran, you can use it as well. Folks, I appreciate you. God bless. Have a wonderful weekend. I will see you back on Monday. Until then, keep being dummies. Thanks for watching. Don't unfriend me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Alekos design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www. Alekos, A-L-E-K-O-S designs.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks still point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans, and we absolutely love them. Special thanks. That amazing song, and you can hear Citizen Soldier at reverbnation.com slash still point.